what are the biggest challenges today that you see with business owners and how they run their businesses? I don't see problems. Well, what about a nice guy and a kick-ass entrepreneur? I'm here with David Wallach, owner, broker of Barclay Street Real Estate. David, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, David, I'm excited to, to have you on the show. I really want you to explain exactly what you do in your business, 30 seconds or less. Let's hear your elevator pitch. Elevator pitch is we deal with your square feet. Look at that. <laughs> Look at Less that. than 30. Less than 30 seconds. So yeah, we do commercial uh, real estate, all segments of commercial real estate, whether it's industrial, retail, office leasing, and investment sales, as well as property management. Fantastic. So we deal, we deal with your square feet. There we go. Throughout your career, you've met many business owners, entrepreneurs. My biggest concern with many of the business and business owners I've worked with, talked to, uh, given ad hoc advice to, is that they're very good at running or doing their craft, but they're terrible at running a business, which is where this, the genesis of this show started from. If we can give some advice to those business owners who really don't know or could do a better job at running a business, give me three pieces of advice that you would give them. One is lead by example, which I've learned in the Army. I've been a staff sergeant for many years. You cannot ask anyone to do what you're not willing to do. If you're busy working your craft, every week have minimum of two hours, preferably twice two hours a week, that no phone, no email, you just work on the company and not in the company. Make yourself vulnerable. When I say make yourself vulnerable is you're not the smartest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. So listen. Listen to people that work with you. Listen to the people that uh, know better than you in certain areas. Listen to if they criticize you or they have any ideas. And my clients are the 48 people that work here. Their clients are the company's clients. So if I treat my clients nice, which are my, my people that work with me, my colleagues, yeah. They will treat our clients well. The one thing that I've, I've learned about your industry, which is very similar to mine, and here's some stats that I've pulled up. 85 to 90% of people who enter the real estate industry are out within five years. They're done. They can't survive. 80% <laughs> of the revenue come from the top 20% of those agents and brokerages. Mm -hmm. You've been doing this for 22 years in Canada? Me personally, yeah, 22 years in Canada. Uh, the company is 49 years old. How the hell do you last 22 years <laughs> and be at the top of your game when every other industry business have similar metrics as ours, most of them get washed out in five years, how do you stay in the business? I think what you said, the stats is not just for our industry or your industry. I think the stats is true for salespeople. And the issue with sales is you cannot find one university or school or college in the world that gives you a diploma in sales. The problem with sales is if you have a briefcase and you have a nice suit, you can come to an interview and say, I can sell, I'm a salesman. And a lot of people will just hire for that because they want to fill up the space, you want to fill up the seats. You have to have passion for sales. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have passion for sales, your first no, the second no, and the third no kills your whole enthusiasm of being a salesperson. 
my pitch to my people is get the no as fast as possible and move on to the yes. But a lot of people that join the sales industry, you know, the first thing they do, they call their brother, friend, guy who went to university with, and then they realize, oh, they already have someone that services them. Yeah. Oh, it's not so easy. And they get the five, six, seven no's. They get a yes from their parents. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> but you can't live out of that. Yeah. And they leave the industry. Okay. You have to do the tough work of cold calling, yes. door knocking. Yeah. You have the butterflies flying in your belly. Yeah. And if you can't get over this hump, you're out. You're done. So the stats is true, I think, not just for our industry. It's true for sales. Give me an example of what that you've experienced. And then you can go far back if you want to, where you had to go through so many no's and then you got the yes. I'm not brokering anymore. I refer now my clients to my brokers. I don't compete with them. I'm not a coach player. I'm just a coach. But many, many years ago, when I was young and handsome, <laughs> and one of my first assignments was a selling a shopping plaza at the corner of 52nd and 17th Southeast. Okay. Not the best reputation 22 years ago for that area. I grew up in that area, just so you know. <laughs> so the reputation is because of me. Okay, carry on. Yes. And um, I went to a lot of people that were on my list of investors that really fit their kind of criteria. Okay. And I said, here's a great opportunity. And the guys, one by one, said no, 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 just because of the reputation of the area. At the end, there were five taxi drivers that wanted to invest in commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. And they bought it. And now, if you look back, they're making so much money, it's not even funny. And good for them. Yeah. But I didn't take all the no's as a personal as insult. I took it as it's a business decision the person made not to buy. And I have to go to the next one and the next one and the next one. In my industry, I get a lot of no's. I get more no's than I get yeses. And in my industry, with my practice, I say no to more people than I say yes to because I'm looking for the right fit. And that happened over decades of experience. It just doesn't happen overnight. We had to fire clients from our property management. Mm -hmm. That's the no we give sometimes yeah. because if you expect us to do work for you and you go against us or you block us or you don't cooperate with us, we don't want you like as a client. Really? So the industry has... Um, a lot of no's and a lot of yes, but now I know why I'm not your client because I'm on the no. <laughs> when, when we, <laughs> not true, by the way. When, when we broaden it out to all businesses, and what I, I like about your business and mine is that we get to be on both sides. We get to run our own business, but we also get to talk and work with business owners. Correct. So we get to in the psyche of a business owner. We get into the weeds with a, with a business owner. Correct. We get to deal with them day to day in your part of the world, what are the biggest challenges today that you see with business owners and how they run their businesses? Um, it's an interesting question. I don't see problems. It's not that I look at the cup half full all the time and I don't, and I ignore what's going around us. Everybody's crying, yeah, you know, interest rates are going up, we had pandemic, we had this, we had that. You know, the black swans will always hit you. Yeah. You never know when, you never know what, and you cannot prepare because yeah. you don't know that first two. Yeah. The only thing you control is what you do. Yeah. So if you have a plan and you work your plan and you go meet business people, business people want to talk with you. 
So if you are out there and you ignore the noise, you listen to it, you have to relate to it, but ignore it in terms of your action plan and you go ahead with your next action plan and you go and meet people, guess what people want to meet? It's what you do, it's not what you don't do. That makes the difference. Absolutely. So you can sit at home and cry or in the office and cry, you know, interest rate is up, interest rate is down. But let's face it, you said, you mentioned earlier, I'm 22 years in the industry. When I joined the industry and I was doing investment sales, the rates we have today were the rates we, we dealt then. Yeah. What happened in 2008 is a world financial crash. So the Feds and Bank of Canada spoiled us for 12 or 14 years, but everyone knew this is not sustainable. So you want to cry? Be my guest. Okay. Cry because it gives me opportunity to do more business. Beautiful. Look back. Okay. All right. We're going to throw back to many the, years. To the, <laughs> oh, you're not so old. There we go. Let's go. Let's take a look back to when you first started in this industry. Having the wisdom and the knowledge that you have today, what advice would you give young David? Follow your gut. Don't procrastinate. If you have enough information, not all the information, but enough information to follow your gut, just follow your gut. It will lead you to success. Yeah. I look back at young Faisal and I say, don't sweat the small stuff. Like I, I used to take a lot of, I would have my anxiety level shoot up when shit hit the fan in our industry, right? 2008, yeah. 1997, 2001, all these issues that came out. And I'm like, oh my God, and like, <laughs> I'm freaking out. And looking back, there, if you take it from a calmer perspective and look at a wider scope, you can actually then plan for the future. It's furthermore, when you sh focus on the short or in the narrow, you focus only on the bed. Say that one more time. When you focus only on the narrow, the first thing that comes to mind is the issues, the bad, the challenges, the, the hurdles you have. Uh, my EA always asks me, why don't you get stress? I said, how is it going to help me solve an issue? So what I used to do is once a week, I will take only good clips from the media, put it in an email and send only good news to my employees. Hmm. You know, I think that balance sheets are very positive for a lot of companies. Yeah. I think that unemployment is very low. Yeah. I think there's a lot of startups. Positive, positive, positive. If you focus on the narrow, you don't see the entire picture. And the entire picture, maybe it's not as half full as I look at it always, but that's what my personality is. But it's definitely not half empty. So... It's the balance that you have to look as a business owner because your peers, your colleagues, your employees, they look at you. They look at how do you present this? How do you talk about this? How do you champion the company's uh, values and core values, right? That's what it's important. So there's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of positive news. And I don't know if your show goes beyond the borders of Alberta. Absolutely. But if you are positive and you want an opportunity, this is the place. This to is be. the place. Alberta to be in, Calgary are the best places to be. Right Absolutely, now. I, I say to a few of my staff members this week. Um, we were having some meetings, and with everything going on economically, the markets, everything. Oh my God, the stress, the anxiety level goes up, right? And so, Faisal, is it half empty or is it half full? I get that question a lot, and I go, it all depends. It depends if you're putting into it. It's half full, you gotta put a little bit more. 
if you're drinking out of it, it's half empty. Yeah. So it all depends on where you position yourself to determine if it's half empty or half full. And I think this is one piece that, that business owners have to remember is that the way that you look at that glass, that cup that you have in front of you, it could be half empty or half full depending upon are you putting it in or are you taking it's it? It's a third empty now. There we go. <laughs> I don't think I know one industry in the world that goes only straight line, yeah. straight line up, whether it's straight or like this or like this or like everybody has this. But we're still, even the, the markets are still higher than they've ever been with all the corrections. Well, we brought in an expert to talk to our clients and our staff about one thing called anchoring. We anchor to the highest point in most recent history. Yeah. And anything off that point, it's terrible. Yeah. Until we get above that high point, that high watermark. And that happens in my industry, that happens in real estate, that happens in, in business. You ask, how's business? Year over year, we're doing great. Yeah. How have you been over the five years? Flat. Well then, hang on. What's the story? What's the narrative that you're positioning at this point? And I think individual business owners have to understand, do they have that bias of are they trying to anchor to a high watermark or are they just looking at this like you do? Widen your scope, 15 years, we're much better off. You know, the biggest advantage we have as human being, short memory. <laughs> it's true. Short memory is the biggest advantage. It's so true. <laughs> Once the market goes back up, everybody forgot that they lost. They're making money again. That's right. They don't even remember the lower point. You said anchoring. Yeah. They never anchor to the lower point. Never. That's what kind of gets us rolling all the time is the short memory. And that's something that we should be happy as business owners, right? <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more from the Carmali Exchange. And you can also follow me on social media at Faisal Carmali, where we can continue the business conversation.